Well, good morning, everyone. 早安，各位姐妹弟兄。So good to see you here. 很高兴见到每一位在这里。And thank you to the worship team. 俺感谢我们的敬拜团。Well, I just love the worship this morning. 我们感谢神，我们很感谢赞美神。Amen. You hungry for the Lord this morning? Wow! Wonderful! 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 Well, my wife and I are 75 years old. 我和我的太太今年七十五岁。And we're still hungry for the Lord. 我们依然渴慕神。Still excited about the Lord. 依然因为神让我们充满了信心。Still hungry to receive more. 很想要渴望得到更多的神。Amen. No retiring. Amen. 没有退休。When you retire, you have the long sleep then. <laughs> so we stay alive and passionate for Jesus. And so it's just such a joy to be with you. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you for what you're doing in our nation. Your passion for prayer. Your passion for revival. Our nation, like most Western nations, desperately needs a fresh move of God. And I thank God for bringing you to New Zealand. For revival in our nation, 给我们这个国家带来复兴。I'm deeply touched. 我很感动。By your love for our nation, 因为你对我们国家的爱。And deeply grieved. 也很忧伤。When I see the lukewarmness of churches, 看到我们这个呃这个国家的教会很多的像温存水一样。And the necessity for fresh move of God. 他们太希望有更多的神的。So many of our churches in New Zealand have left the power of the Holy Spirit. They just become entertainment centers. Keep people happy on Sunday. But we need the power of God. We need the Holy Spirit. We need people to have a hunger for God. And a boldness in witnessing for Jesus. So thank you on behalf of our nation. All that you were doing. In seeking God for revival. And reaching out to people to be saved. It's a great honor to be with you. Thank you for the invitation. Okay, well, let's read in Luke chapter 4. I want to speak about the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Last night we talked about the indwelling of the Spirit. And many of you would, of course, be familiar with those things. Today, I want to talk about the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And if some of you are not used to that, 
我想让大家敞开心怀，敞开自己的意念。我想让大家敞开心怀，敞开自己的意念。我想让大家敞开心怀，敞开自己的意念。我想让大家敞开心怀，敞开自己的意念。我想让大家敞开心怀，敞开自
He said, I am empowered by the Holy Spirit. Because the work I'm going to do cannot just be done with human ability. If the assignment that God gives us could be done with human ability, we wouldn't need the Holy Ghost. But Jesus outlines what his assignment is. And it can't be done without the person and power of the Holy Spirit. The needs of people are great. And Jesus outlines here what he's called to do. To preach the gospel to the poor. The first priority of Jesus is to speak how people can be reconciled to their father. How the power of sin can be broken and a relationship established with God as our father. That is always the first priority. God wants unsaved lost people who are suffering without purpose, without hope, to become reconnected to their Father in heaven. That is always our first priority. But the only way a person can be saved is if the Holy Ghost touches their lives. You can witness as much as you like, but without the Holy Spirit convicting people, without the Holy Spirit working with us, our results are very frustrating and disappointing. So we need the power of the Holy Spirit to reach people for Christ. To produce a lasting change inside them. That's why when we do any form of evangelism, we are to bring the heart of God to people. And we need the Holy Spirit to help us. But it doesn't end there. Jesus said he came also to heal the brokenhearted. What does that mean? Every person in life has painful experiences. Often they're in family. And because people are sinful and broken, they hurt the people around them they love. We have things happen in our life. That are heartbreaking. And the Bible talks especially about the heart. That we are to guard our heart very carefully. Because what is in our heart determines what will be in our life. So many marriages, many families are in deep pain because of a broken heart. They have deep memories that have never resolved. Deep unforgiveness. Deep roots of bitterness. And in spite of their best attempts, 
There are conflicts in their marriage and their family. Jesus came to heal broken hearts. If your heart is broken, you need healing. You need healing. You need the power of God to remove the pain from the heart. So you can enter relationships that are loving. In our journey, when I met my wife, we met at university, and we were in the same classes together. She would just sit a little bit in front of me. And then when we did laboratory work for chemistry, she was right opposite me. I made many mistakes. <laughs> Too much distraction. <laughs> and uh, I thought she was the most beautiful woman. And so I fell in love with her at university. But I came from a Roman Catholic background. And my wife came from a brethren background. So although we love one another, there's very big pressure from parents. Very difficult in our relationship. Hard to even work out how we could get married. Because of the conflicts between the religious backgrounds. And so our... There you go. It's a great thing about being with Chinese. They'll help you out. I think so. There's usually several hundred interpreters there. It's so good. But when, many years later, when we were pastoring, the Lord spoke to me. About bitterness in my heart. Unresolved pain. Deep grief. relationship breaking up. And he said, You've never resolved it. You've never been healed. There is a root of bitterness affecting your marriage and family. You need to be touched by my spirit. Repent of the bitterness. And let me heal you and set you free. So when our heart is broken, it affects our relationships. It affects our ability to trust. It affects our ability to trust God. We keep him distant because we have walls in our heart. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to heal the broken heart. Perhaps your heart is broken, but you're keeping it hidden. I've noticed this when I've been up in Taiwan, in Singapore, and in China, 
在中国也是如此。People keep the pain hidden.大家都把心里的痛藏起来了。In fact, they told me about a Chinese proverb.甚至他们告诉我一个中国的谚语。Ten years is not too long to wait for revenge.报仇等十年也不晚。See, you laugh, you know that one.对啊，你们大家都知道，因为你们都笑了。But what it what it says is this. It says in the culture. We practice holding bitterness and looking to pay people back. Jesus came to heal that. He came to heal you. Then he goes on, he says, to proclaim liberty to the captives. So notice, first of all, he talks about sin and sin being forgiven. Then our heart being healed so we can relate and be intimate with God and with one another. And then he talks about being held captive. A captive is someone who is imprisoned. They would like to be free. Wherever he went, he delivered people who were held captive. This can only be done by the power of the Holy Spirit. What a tragedy. What a tragedy. The churches should have so many people that love Jesus, but they're bound by demonic spirits. They're struggling with problems which they have to hide because they can never get the victory. They power of the Holy Spirit to heal them from the pain they carry in the heart and to deliver them from the evil spirits that imprison them with tormenting thoughts,这是神的心意。每一位信神的人。Verse 49. 
What do we mean by the empowering of the Holy Spirit? In verse 49, Jesus uh, spoke these words. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued or clothed with power from on high. He had met the disciples. He had breathed the Holy Spirit into them. He had commissioned them. But he said, yet wait. Wait for what? We're born again. We have the commission to go make disciples. What are we waiting for? And he said, wait in Jerusalem until you be clothed with power. The word power is the word dunamis. It means a supernatural ability. Above natural ability. Ability that you can't manufacture by willpower. It means the Holy Spirit is working through you to enhance what you do. The Holy Spirit comes upon us so we can minister the supernatural life of God to others. In 1 Corinthians, and chapter 12, and verse 7, he said, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Notice what he says here. Every person is expected to be a builder. In the Old Testament, the word son, and the same as the word daughter, means to build the father's house. Every, every child of God is called to build God's kingdom. We all have our part. Some preaching, some teaching, some accountants, Media, Every believer has got their own area to go to. But to every believer is given. If it's given, you don't work for it. You must just receive it. To every believer is given the manifestation of the Spirit. A tangible, something that affects people. God wants to work through you to impact the lives of people. People need building up. People need healing. People need to be set free. This is the work of all believers. And whatever work God calls you to, He wants you to have 
the supernatural touch and manifestation of his hand on you. He wants to give you a cutting edge. Our cutting edge is the power of God. No one can argue with a miracle. So there are different terms that are used. There are different names that are used for being empowered by the Holy Spirit. So when the different names are used, they're referring to the same thing. The Holy Spirit working through my life supernaturally. In Matthew 3.11, John prophesied that Jesus would baptize us with the Spirit. So some people use the term baptized in the Spirit. That word baptized means to immerse. To immerse someone in the supernatural dimension of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the word used is anointed. To be anointed means to be empowered to do a certain work by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes they use the term filled with the Spirit. But because we leak out day by day, we need to keep getting filled. <laughs> we need constantly to be filled and anointed for the work we to Let's have a look at a few examples. There are many, I'll just pick out a couple. And it will describe God coming on a person. So if we look in Judges, Judges chapter 3. Isn't it good to have helping people? They're so helpful. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> In Judges chapter 3 and verse 10. And it says in verse 9, When Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the children of Israel who delivered them. His name was Othniel. And then it says, The Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he judged Israel. 从第九节，我们可以看到以色列人呼求耶耶和华的时候，耶和华就为他们与一起兴起一位拯救者来救他们，就是加勒兄弟。So there was a desperate problem. 他们有一个很大的问题。The people of God were not living in freedom. 神的民没有生活在自由当中。They and they had been drawn in to worship the same gods and idols they did. And because they were desperate, the people cried out to God. And God raised up a man called Othniel, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, empowering him to set the nation free. So in the book of Judges, 
the Spirit of the Lord came upon a man and empowered him to do what he could not do naturally. He arose and led the nation into victory, into freedom. How we need people like that, anointed by the Holy Spirit, to bring others into freedom. If you go across into Judges chapter 6, in Judges chapter 6, we see another man in verse 34, and it says his name was Gideon. And it said, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. There it is, the same thing. The Holy Spirit came on him. Who was Gideon? Gideon was a very frightened man. Why was he frightened? Because of a terrible economic recession. Big trouble. If you read in Judges chapter 6, said, the nation had turned away from God and enemies came into the nation and stole everything they sowed. made them poor. Sometimes we read it and don't think about that. They basically had a massive recession. No one is prospering. No one is doing well. Everyone is oppressed. Notice this, they cried out to the Lord and God raised up a man, Gideon. And he was very frightened, but he was still a worker. And God raised him up and used him to deliver the whole nation. In spite of him being afraid, God raised him up. I noticed through all of these stories that God does not seem to use people who are idle and lazy. He takes people who are workers. So I think there's a great future for the Chinese people. <laughs> God sees your heart and hunger and wants to raise you up because he knows if he anoints you, you'll be very busy advancing his kingdom. There's nowhere in the world I go well, I don't end up with Chinese people. I'm praying for them. For the Holy Spirit to empower them. Remember, they're so hungry for God. So you notice in both these stories, there was a cry, a hunger for God, and there was an anointing came on a person to help them. And this goes all through the book. Let's have a look in, in uh, Judges chapter 11. Judges chapter 11 and verse 29. And here's another man. And it says, The Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah. That's a great story to study. You see, when we're looking at people God uses, 
看神怎么样利用一个人。We find he uses all kinds of people. 他用的人是不同种类的人。Jephthah was a very frightened man. 他也是一个很胆怯的人。Othniel was the grandson of Caleb, a very brave man. 因为对方的敌人是一个很大强大的人。We think only God will use brave people. 我们总是以为神会用强大的人。He also uses frightened people. So if you're a frightened person, God can use you. And then in this one here, oh, this one's a bad one. He comes from a very bad family. family name, so bad. What was up? What was wrong with this man? Well, his father had an affair with an Ammonite prostitute woman. And when she got pregnant, she didn't want the child. So she comes and returns the child. Jephthah's wife is very angry. What you do on that business trip? Where's this baby come from? You can imagine the conflict in the family. It's a very big con conflict in the family. So poor Jephthah is uh, conceived out of wedlock. Conceived to a prostitute. And a foreign prostitute. So he's not, he's not fully Hebrew. He's part Hebrew, part Ammonite. So he, he looks a bit different too. Doesn't fit in very well. His mother hates him. Stepmother hates him. The stepbrothers all hate him too. Because they don't want him to get father's money. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> so they have a big family fight over the money. And he goes to the authorities. And they reject him. Don't want you, go. And, and so he's a very angry man. And God uses such an angry man and empowers him. To be a deliverer for the nation. So God will use any person who's available. Because he looks on the heart and sees the qualities in you. Inside, inside Gideon, frightened man, there was a bold lion. He just needed the Holy Spirit to bring him forward. Inside Jephthah, the very rejected person, there was a warrior that would deliver a nation. Wherever you come from, whatever's in your background, whatever pain you've gone through, whatever failures you've made, God believes in you, has a destiny for you, wants to raise you up, wants to empower you. See, how about that? So we find stories like that in the Old Testament. And they have this in common. There was always a desperate need. People cried out for God to come. There was a hunger for God. And God chose someone and anointed them for the task 
of bringing deliverance for others. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is, em is empowering you to serve others. It empowers you to do God's work. It's not just so you can feel hot and tingly. Or shake. It's power to do something. Power to make a difference. Oh, we need lots of anointed people, don't we? In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit only come upon one person at a time. But Jesus announces that now the Holy Spirit will be given to all. He makes it very clear that in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, God welcomes every person into relationship with himself and to be empowered to serve. To be empowered to serve. Let's have a look in Acts chapter 2. And we'll start it off in Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. And uh, we read there in verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You've heard from me. For John baptized you in water, but you should be baptized with the Holy Spirit in not many days. And then they ask him about Jesus restoring the kingdom of Israel. And he said, only the Father knows when that will happen. Verse 8. But you shall receive power. You shall receive what? Power. 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 So we can be witnesses to Christ. Witness that he truly is risen from the dead. And his power is available to meet needs now. Jesus is still alive. He still saves people. He heals people. He sets people free. The baptism in the Spirit is the first step or the entry step into the realm of being anointed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's not the same as having the indwelling spirit. The indwelling spirit, the Holy Spirit comes to live within us so that we can become children of God. The indwelling spirit is to transform us into the character of Christ. 
But the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, is to empower you to continue Jesus' ministry. So don't get the two mixed up. We need to grow in character, grow in intimacy with God, grow in the knowledge of God, but we are to carry his life and power to others to advance his kingdom. Amen. Amen. So we look in Acts chapter uh, uh, verse, 1 verse 8. You shall receive the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's look over into chapter 2. And I want to show you some examples in the New Testament of the Holy Spirit coming upon people. Okay, let's look in Acts chapter 2 and verses 1 to 4. And the day of Pentecost had fully come. And they were all with one accord in one place. For ten days they had gathered together and they were praying and crying out to God. They were crying out for this promise. Promise that God had made. If God promises something, then he will deliver it. But there was a delay of about ten days. <laughs> So they didn't get it straight away. They had to wait until the day of Pentecost. And then suddenly, so they wait a long time, but not much happening. Then suddenly, when God does things, sometimes it's suddenly. It's not a gradual, so suddenly God turns up. But before that, there was hunger and crying out to God. They heard a sound. Like a rushing mighty wind. Filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared like tongues, like fire on each one of them. And here it is, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. What happened when the Holy Ghost came on them? They become filled. And when you're filled up, there's an overflow. Many Christians are not filled up at all. Just got a little bit there. Barely enough to survive. <laughs> hey, God wants you to be filled up. Overflow. So the first overflow, they began to speak in tongues. They were given a new language. They didn't go to university and study the language. They get a new supernatural language as the Holy Spirit gave them. I'll come back to that later. And of course, everyone heard the noise. When the Holy Spirit comes on people, it's okay to express. When God touches you, then express it. And they've got no windows, so all they're praying in tongues. They're praying. And everyone can hear. Everyone hears. 
这个这些人可能是醉酒了。这个这些人可能是醉酒了。这个这些人可能是醉酒了。这个这些人可能是醉酒了。这个这些人可能是醉酒了。这个这些人可能是醉酒了。这个这些人可能是醉酒了。这个
Don't just teach them Sunday school stories. Bring them into experiences with God. Teach them God wants to touch their life. Teach them how to open up their life to the Holy Spirit. They'll be much better children if they're filled with the Spirit. <laughs> and he said, even in our family, our children had encounters with God. Our children began to pray and speak in tongues very young. At the age of nine, one of my daughters had a dream and was caught up to heaven and soared into heaven. Being baptized in the Spirit opens the door for you to have encounters that are supernatural. And we need that. Let's have a look at another example. We'll look in Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10 and verse 44. And Peter is speaking to the Gentiles. What does that mean? Well, they were not Hebrews. They were not Jews. And the Jews thought... We're the special people. God is only for us. So when God tells Peter, go to those Gentiles, no, I won't go. I want to go. God persuaded him to go. And he goes to the house of a, a centurion. And Cornelius is the centurion. He's a very good man. He's got a heart for the people of Israel. He's got a heart for the poor. Financially, helps them build the church. But inside, he's hungry for God. And he's praying and he's fasting. And an angel appears to him. Tells him where you'll find Peter. And so Peter comes. And he begins to preach. And he doesn't even get to finish his message. Before he can get to the finish of his message, the Holy Spirit fell on everyone there. They've already believed in Christ. Now the Holy Spirit comes on them. Look what it says. And we read uh, in verse 44. While Peter is still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on those who were listening. Those of the circumcision, the Jews with Peter who believed, were astonished. Why were they astonished? Because they never expected the Holy Spirit would be given to such terrible people. They had racial issues. If you're Jew, okay, if you're Gentile, you understand they had racial issues. Very strong a mindset. So God doesn't wait for people to finish his message. He just gives them to preach a message. And then the Holy Spirit fell on everyone there. And it says here, notice this. He said the, the gift of the Holy Spirit has been poured out on the Gentiles also. How do they know? They heard them speak in tongues. So they're all sitting there like this. 
But they listening like this. And suddenly the Holy Spirit came on them. And, and they began to pray in tongues. Well, they were all praying in tongues. Peter, wait, 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 folks, listen to me. Listen to, no, all my bubble chicken, they were praying in tongues. <laughs> the Holy Spirit interrupts things. So always remember, he's the one who's in charge. And Peter's looking at this is all wrong. But since it's happened, we better baptize them now. Mindsets we get. We, we get fixed on how God should do things. Don't put God in a box. God is bigger than the box. Sometimes our box is in our mind. This is how God must be. But he's already out there. He's much bigger. So this is a surprise to Peter. A very big surprise. They were saved. Then they got filled with the Holy Spirit. Now they got a water baptized. So this happens in the Bible. Apollos was in Corinth, and Paul went through the upper region, came to Ephesus, and he found some disciples. And so he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? I said, we haven't even heard about him. No one told us. So he said, well, what were you baptized? He said, into John's baptism of repentance. So look what happens. Verse 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Paul laid hands on them. And what happens? The Holy Spirit came on them. And they began to speak in tongues and prophesy. So notice in each of these stories we've seen, the Holy Spirit came upon people somewhat unexpectedly. And they were filled with the Spirit. And it overflowed with praising God. If, you, if you're filled with joy, you would expect it to overflow. <laughs> A lot of Christians are like this. Yes, I'm full of the joy of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> People, children like to come to joyful faces. Church really does need to get filled with the Holy Spirit again. There's so much stresses in life. We need to get filled with the Holy Spirit. So, so the empowering of the Holy Spirit is an experience. It can happen suddenly as the Holy Spirit comes out. And, but we've got to maintain it. Some people have one encounter with God. When did that happen? Oh, 
Long time ago. Well, what's been happening since then? Nothing. Hey, we need to keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 4, everyone is threatening the church. And what they did was they came for prayer and cried out to God, and they were all filled again with the Holy Spirit. So we need the Holy Spirit to fill us every day. Fill me up, Holy Spirit. I worship Jesus. I want that life of the Holy Spirit in me. I want to overflow today. See, can never get enough. Holy Spirit, very <laughs> I love the Holy Spirit. Okay, now we notice there they spoke in tongues. Well, that's, what is that about? What is speaking in tongues? We saw that uh, they spoke in tongues. There it is, verse 6. The Holy Spirit came on them, they spoke with tongues, and they also prophesied. So, so what is speaking in tongues? It is a language. It's a language, a prayer language. This first thing is a prayer language. Why do you need a prayer language? Well, there's two reasons. One, you run out of words. <laughs> Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Okay, I told you I love you. When you run out of words, especially if you're a male, men run out of words real quick. They use them all up at work. What happened? Busy. <laughs> we need language because language is for communication. So when I first went to Taiwan, I haven't got language. I only learned a couple of words, you know. I need someone to help me with the language. I'm in a new culture, different way of thinking and acting. I need help with the language. Otherwise, I'm lost. Everything's a mystery. I remember when I first mission trip, I went to India. And I'm on a street. And there's nothing I see that I can understand. It's busy, 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 busy. Everyone, two, two, two. The language looks like someone was drunk and scribbled. So I need an interpreter. I need someone to help me with the language. Or soon I'll get lost. So we are introduced to the realm of the supernatural. We need a helper to help us with language, with communication. We need someone to help us. So the first reason we need is because we lack the language. The second reason we need the prayer language is because our mind gets in the way. We come to pray. Oh, I don't think that. I think this. I disagree. Our mind argues. So when you're praying in tongues, your spirit is praying. The Holy Spirit is giving you language which worships God. 
We'll just look at a couple of scriptures on this, and then I'll show you how you can receive. 1 Corinthians, and chapter 14. 1 Corinthians 14. Okay. Verse 2. Whoever speaks in tongues, you're not speaking to people, he's speaking to God. And it's a real language. So, speaking in tongues is a language for talking with God. You say, well, I don't understand it. Well, if you did, you'd probably disagree with it. <laughs> Our mind gets in the way and argues with things which are spiritual. It's a help in worship and in prayer. It says in Romans 8, we don't know what to pray nor how to pray as we ought, but the Holy Spirit helps us in that lack and weakness. So when you're praying, you can pray in English and pray in tongues as well. <coughs> so it's number one, a prayer language. Number two, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit is praying. But my understanding is unfruitful. So the purpose of praying in tongues, number one, it's a prayer language. Number two, it activates your spirit. Now, when you got born again, the Holy Spirit becomes joined to your spirit. Now, when you pray in tongues, your spirit is praying. So you can pray with your understanding, Lord, I pray for Pastor Joseph. Many problems. <laughs> but then I can pray in the Spirit. And as I pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who knows all those issues, will pray forth the will of God. So I pray in English. Lord, I bring Pastor Joseph to you. I pray for him, Lord. And I begin to pray in the language. And I start to feel my spirit stirred. I start to feel the flows of God. That's what it's for. Pray language. Activate your spirit. Third thing it does is your spirit becomes energized. When you pray strongly in tongues, the anointing of the Holy Spirit begins to flow through you. It begins to energize your spirit. You start to come alive on the inside. It's on the inside where God is at work. Your whole spirit becomes energized. And that energizes your body as well. A few minutes praying in tongues, and your whole body becomes energized. Your head becomes clear. So it energizes you. Where do you think I get this energy from? <laughs> I get it from the Holy Spirit Learn how to draw off that well. See, it activates a flow of God inside you. Because the Holy Spirit is giving you the language, you as a flow of God's life through you. It alters the spiritual atmosphere around you. Because you're filling it with the praises of God. 
And he inhabits the praises of his people. See, it's a wonderful benefit to bring in tongues. Here's another one. Read down in verse 16. He says, uh, he talks there about uh, verse 17, giving thanks well. So when you pray in tongues, <coughs> you are blessing God and you are thanking God. You see, you run out of language. So when we say thank you to someone, well, thank you. <laughs> we can thank God continually by just lifting our hands. I thank you, Lord. And our spirit begins to flow out. Praising God, speaking the works of God, blessing God, thanking Him. The atmosphere around us changes. It shifts. See? Notice what it says in verse 4. When you speak in tongues, you build up yourself. In other words, your spirit man becomes stronger. The Bible tells us Jesus grew and became strong in his spirit. Your spirit can be strong, it can be weak. When you work on building your inner life, your spirit becomes strong. It affects every part of your life. So no one is going to build your spirit but you. People like to come to the altar, pass it, pray for me. And that's wonderful to do that. But imagine if they said this. Oh, Pastor, I want to get some big muscles and, and become strong. Could you pray for me, please? You need to go to the gym. You need to do some workout. Stop eating so much rice, do more workout. See? See, in other words, there's something he must do for himself. It's the same thing here. To build a strong spirit, praying in tongues is one way of doing that. And unless you give yourself to prayer, your spirit doesn't thrive and develop. So it builds our spirit man. When we pray in tongues, we sensitize our spirit man. And when we pray in tongues, we become filled up with the Holy Spirit. See, even while I'm speaking and stirring my spirit, I can feel the Holy Spirit filling me. I can feel the joy. <laughs> okay then, so how could you get such a gift? How could you get such a gift? How do you receive it? Well, We've, let me just see if I can find a verse in here. Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. And verse 13. Luke 11, 13. He said, now look. He said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So he's talking there about prayer and asking. And he said, now if your child comes and says, Daddy, would you give me some, some bread? He said, will the father give him a stone? 
那个父亲会给他一个石头吗？ Yeah, no, he won't do that. 肯定不会的，他会给他面包。See, of course, this was in Asia. Said if if a son asks his father for rice, will he not give him rice? Right? It's the same thing. 我们华人就是孩子要吃饭，你不会不给他饭。He said, if if the son comes and asks, father, would you give me some fish? 那么儿子跟神说，跟爸爸说，给我一点鱼。那个爸爸肯定不会给他蛇。Maybe in Asia. Maybe 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 in But you gotta ask him for it. You have to ask him for it. See, he doesn't. He comes to people who are hungry. 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 This is quite a good pattern in Mark 11:24. Mark 福音第十一章二十四节 Whatsoever things you desire, number one, desire. 那您说的你要渴望，第一是需要渴望。I must want the Holy Spirit. 我必须要渴望。I must want God to empower me. 我必须要渴望神来给我能力。Number two. Whatever things you desire, when you pray, we need to pray and cry out to God. Ask Him for this gift. Says when you pray, believe. In other words, He said when you pray, don't pray like this. Well, maybe if you want to, you can give. Maybe you don't want. That's not the kind of praying. The promises for you, your children, everyone. So it says when you pray, exercise faith to believe. At that point, I will receive it. And then he says, receive. Then do something. Speak in tongues. Desire, pray, believe, receive. Desire, pray, believe, receive. So what we want to do in the time we have left is to pray for people to be baptized in the Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit, to receive the gift of tongues, to have a fresh touch of God on their lives. That's why we've come here. We need the Holy Spirit. We need fire from heaven. We need to be filled again. For some of you, this may be the first time. How many people here have not been baptized in the Spirit and received the gift of tongues? Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. It's quite a number. The whole whole number of people. Raise your hand. That's fine. Don't put your hands up. We want be hungry. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to. We're going to get the musicians to come up. And we're going to cry out to God together. We're going to sing together. And all of those people wanting to receive the Holy Ghost, wanting to receive the gift of tongues.
I want you to come up and into the front here. Just lift your hands to the Lord. And we're going to sing together. We're going to hunger to God. And then I will lead you in prayer and show you how to receive. Okay. That's right. Come on out. That's the way. Push your chairs back. We want to experience God. They're all on holiday. When they retired, <laughs> yeah, get get them all up. Yeah, let's do it. Make a big noise to the Lord. That's right. Amen. Amen. Desire, hunger, hunger for God. Pray, believe, receive. So what we'll do first of all, we're going to sing that last song we were singing before. Hungry for God's fire. Then I will lead you in prayer. I will show you exactly how to receive. Are we ready then? Okay, well, let's just flow in song. Let's lift up and reach out to God together in song. And those people who already got the Holy Spirit, you don't need to come up. You need to help us with the praying later. So let's let the worship leader lead us into strong praising the Lord. to the Lord. He wants to come upon you. Listen for the instruction. 
I will lead you in a prayer. A prayer to receive the Holy Ghost. I want you to follow me in this prayer. At the end of the prayer, we're going to do three things. Number one. At the end of the prayer, when you've asked the Lord for the gift, I want you to do this. Take a deep breath in at that point and receive the gift of God. Holy Spirit, another word for Him is breath, the breath of heaven. So it's an act of faith. I pray, I believe, then I receive. I take a deep breath in. The second thing, we will all pray together in tongues. You can't do it yet, but when you have received, there is a language given to you, and you can begin to flow out in that language. Don't pray in English. Don't pray in Mandarin. Just pray in the heavenly language. From within your spirit, begin to praise and worship Jesus. Then I'll release the anointing all over you. We pray together. Take a deep breath in. And we all begin to pray together in the tongues. Those rest already baptized in the Spirit. At that point, you begin to pray in tongues, and the musicians can then strike back up again. Are you ready? So follow me strongly in this prayer. Jesus, I open my heart to you. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to receive the gift of tongues. So I can worship you. Today by faith, I receive your gift. I receive your gift. I receive the gift of tongues. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now take a deep breath in. Receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Ghost right now. Let's begin to pray. You must make the decision to pray. So just surrender to him. Sometimes people and as they spoke, the Holy Spirit gave them. Some people wait to, to get some feeling before they speak. I'm going to count to three. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Today is a day of encounters with your presence and power. Today is a day of healing and deliverance. We love you, Lord. We love you. Now, this gift you've received, you can pray as you drive. Keep them open. Watch when you pray. You don't drive more fast and faster and faster. You and then we'll all just pray strongly in tongues. And we'll be praising God. We'll be thanking Him. We'll be honoring Him. We'll be blessing Him with our new language. Are you ready? On the count of three. Pray in tongues now. Ella baba baba ba shi kala ba nata. Ella baba baba shi kala ba nata. Ella baba baba ba 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 shi kala ba nata. Ella baba Okay, we're about to finish on the count of three. We're going to give a great shout and a clap to the Lord. You can clap, you can jump, shout. Let's make a great noise to the Lord. The Bible says in Psalms, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to the Lord with a voice of great victory. It doesn't say wait till you feel that way. It's by faith. We're ready then. I'll count to three. Then we're going to clap and shout and finish the meeting. Are we ready? One,
就在我们的中间。我们要多而又多的领受。现在只是刚刚开始，还会多而又多。好嘞，老杨，我们再一次感谢主与我们同在。好嘞，老杨。需要他知道，就牛姊妹，你们虽然你现在开始有开始有点点的经历，牛姊妹才刚刚开始哈、啊，还有多而又多，求主保守掏出你的心。等下我们还会休息，我要求主甚至帮助我们，不要错过每一堂的聚会，不要错过每一次的祷告，不要错过每一首诗歌。千万不要错过！今天我们在营会的每一个时刻，都是神与我们同在，每一个角落他都与我们同在。只要在任何的地方有个科目说住，我要在这里与你相遇。所以你要预备好你自己，继续的，继续的。好，我们现在回到自己的座位上，然后我们的如果有什么报告的，请报告了以后，各位你可以去休息。你可以继续的预备下一堂，主还有好多的恩典要赐在我们的中间。阿门！路亚，阿门！路亚，好，请坐，请坐，请坐，阿门！路亚，阿门！路亚。